Well, I think uh, my children played a, a big role in that. And uh, I've always been a storyteller. So my kids, dad, tell us a story, tell us a story. And I would tell them a story and they would say, tell us another one. And I would say, okay, what do you want the story to be about? And they would say, uh, fireworks and a pig. And you know, like, okay, I'll put together a story of fireworks and a pig. So I had a lot of practice telling stories and of course, then um, I had the problem that most dads have, and that is, um, how do I teach my kids about Jesus? I'm Rush Witt, and you're listening to Straight to the Heart, a podcast from New Growth Press. Each episode includes interesting talks with leading authors and thinkers. We hear who they are and what they think, how they approach their important work and ministry, and the moments and influences that change their lives. Today, I talked with Marty Machowski, a prolific writer and truly fascinating person. I asked Marty about his upbringing and how he came to love writing. He also shared with me his experience growing up in a serious Catholic family and how watching television led him to faith in Christ. We had an altogether amazing conversation, but what captivated me most was Marty's seemingly endless creativity, which God has used to bless his church and countless others through his work on more than 20 books and curricula for Christian parents and families. This is Straight to the Heart. You know, we've worked on things together through New Growth Press, mm -hmm. but we don't live in the same place and we don't have occasion to see each other. And I just... I really appreciate your work and I find you really interesting and I'm just interested to learn about you as a writer in particular. I've sort of become a little bit of a student of uh, other other writers in in particular those who seem to be more prolific th than the average writer. Now, I don't really know what uh, what prolific means in terms of some kind of specific standard or quantity, but I do know uh, that you are prolific, whatever that means in terms of the <laughs> amount that you have written. And it seems like you are, you are able to produce uh, important, high quality, solid resources at such a strong rate. So as I've been kind of a student, I've, I've looked online and tried to read books to learn from authors about what their routines are. And I have found so many writers have this kind of regimented routine. So I just wonder, you know, what your routine is like. I've heard of some uh, uh, some authors that I followed and, and that they have certain quota of words that they try to get down every day, or they have a certain routine to their day. And you sort of described that a little bit. Can you tell me more about, about sort of what your method and routine of writing is? Yeah, I think, I think when you're writing fiction, it's much easier to put a quota of of words, let's say like, okay, I'm going to mm. write 3000 words because mm. it, it's, it's almost stream of consciousness. You're filling yeah. in the story that you're imagining in your mind. And I have sense. written some uh, fiction. And so that is how I did it. Let me, let me try to uh, do a rough go on a chapter and then let me the next day do a rewrite of the chapter going through it again. So yeah, you know, that would, that would be the kind of standard that like a guy like Stephen King would follow. Right. Um, right. You know, I've read about that. He describes, you know, his writing so many words, but when you're, when you're doing fiction, 
I mean, nonfiction, Christian writing, um, there's a study element that comes into play that slows the writing process down. So uh, this morning, I am writing uh, uh, in a curriculum that I'm producing for my book, Theology. Mm. And so I, I, this morning, I started the lesson, Jesus is fully man and fully God. And uh, so I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, um, I want this to be based on scripture. Like I, I think I can write a basic systematic theology right. for Jesus being fully man and, and fully God. But okay, let's talk about this. What, what scriptures demonstrate that Jesus is fully man and fully God? I had to stop. Beyond this fully man character who's our rabbi, because he just commanded the wind and the waves right. and they obeyed him. Amazing. And so, well, you know, I didn't go into the morning knowing that I was going to be right. writing about Jesus calming or commanding the wind and the waves to be calm. But getting to that slowed me down. So uh, in this case, I need to do like two lessons a week. And so there's my goal. I, I know what I need to get done in order to finish, and I'll work toward that goal to ensure that I stay on track. You know, you know, I'm amazed, truly, truly amazed hearing you talk about all of this and so interested in, in the process and your work. In, in particular, I'm curious, just kind of even turning back the clock to uh, little Marty Machowski what brought you about to this point of uh, writing the way that you do in different genres, fiction, nonfiction, and how did that come about for you? Was it something that was instilled in you as a child? Did you have did you have a, a just a constant early interest in writing or in reading, or did that come along? Yeah, well, you know, um, I've always enjoyed writing. So when I was in school growing up, I loved creative writing the most, composition next, and I couldn't stand grammar. Mm, interesting. Uh, I, I, I hated grammar. So I, I had a crash course myself in, in English grammar, which is where I learned it. Um, but so I always enjoyed writing. And in college, I loved classes where they said you could either do a final or a paper. I always did the paper. I'm just yeah, saying that's yeah. a slam. That's a slam dunk. A with writing, you control. So I, I really enjoyed writing. And then another interesting element that kind of falls into my history is when my English teacher in tenth grade announced something to the class that I embraced and said I'm going to be like that. He said, mm. "I really love analogies." Mm -hmm. And all throughout class, he would give analogies. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to be a person who uh, loves analogy. I, throughout life, have always looked to, to describe things using analogies. And then when I started writing a children's ministry curriculum, object lessons are really nothing more yeah. than practical analogies to help kids understand what it is in abstract you're trying to teach them. Exactly, so, yeah. You know, in something like the Ten Commandments, if you break one, you break them all. In theology, I use the analogy, uh, the Ten Commandments are not like one plate with 10 images representing, mm -hmm. or not like 10 individual plates 
one for each of the commandments. So if you break one plate, you have nine plates left. There, right. It's like one plate with 10 images around it. Mm. That if you crack the plate through honor your father and mother and that image, mm. the whole plate's ruined. Yeah. And, and so kids can understand that. Oh, it's not 10 plates. It's one plate. Oh my goodness. If I make one mistake, the plate's ruined. So, so that's the kind of thing that um, I really love to do. And so that's a part of my, at least my children's ministry writing. And we'll be right back. I think everybody wants to be in the loop. Well, let me bring you into an exciting loop coming August 15th, 2023, and preview for you the Life Council Bible, full of practical wisdom for all of life. The CSB Life Council Bible has been developed in partnership with New Growth Press, and it's designed to equip readers with biblical truth and counsel on a wide range of topics and tough life issues related to relationships, marriage, parenting, and more. This Bible is full of useful tools and resources for life application and discipleship grounded in the truth of the gospel of grace. We all need hope in the midst of challenging seasons of life, and there is hope. With more than 150 full-length articles from respected Christian counselors and scholars, the Life Council Bible will become a key tool in your own life and caring for the souls of others. Visit NewGrowthPress.com today to learn more about our new releases, including the Life Council Bible coming August 15th, 2023, and pre-order your copy now. Going back to what we were talking about with your interest in writing, can you remember what was the first attempt? Did you did you have attempts earlier in your life at, at writing? And you know, in, with with maybe a growing interest, what was the first thing you remember working on? As a believer, uh, the first thing that I remember working on was uh, a little short story. I wrote called more than a coin for the master. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was reading the scripture that talks about uh, going through the flames and our, um, some, some of our works will be burned up like wood, hay mm -hmm. and stubble. Mm -hmm. Right. And some of our works like gold and silver will, will survive. Right. And there will be some people who make it through the flames, like with nothing to show, just escape through the flames. And, uh, and so I wanted to write a little short story that depicted two men. Uh, one man goes through the flames and when he gets to the other mm -hmm. side, he feels this warm glow in his hand and he looks down and it's a single gold coin. And he's so happy that he has it. The next man comes through the flames and is uh, got a bag of treasure in front of him. And then a voice from the throne comes in and asks him to turn and, and look behind him. And as he turns around, he sees sack after sack after sack piled into the horizon. And, and then the Lord explains to him that these are the treasures that he received for mm. his service uh, to his family, to the kingdom. And 
And both men were like, what need do we have of treasure? Mm. And then the, the angels sound the music and people from all around begin walking toward the throne with treasure. And the man with the coin cast the coin throneward. And the man with the treasure just began throwing treasure toward the throne. And where the, the short story gets its name is the description of the man with the coin after he threw it. He could enjoy watching the other people throw their, cho- their treasures, mm. but he wished that he had more than a coin for the master. And when when did all that happen? This first this first story. I mean, that's that's an inc- that's an incredible first attempt. Uh, you know, that got you going. Um, yeah, that was probably like 1995. I began okay. writing the curriculum in in 2000. Uh, you know, so so that's probably five years ahead of that. Um, I did come across an old folder of. Uh, grade school slash high school work that my mom saved. Mm. And so there were, uh, there was a, a creative writing class that I'd written a, a few papers for uh, stories or, and uh, so she saved them and they were humorous to, yeah, to yeah. look through and realized, you know, just, you know, I, there's the beginnings of a creative talent, but certainly in its rawest form and what I wrote really wasn't that good at all. But, uh-huh. you know, I thought, you know, I, I remember enjoying doing those things. That, that, that was fun to me. Yeah. Whereas, you know, diagram the sentence was like, you know, could you just give me a root canal instead and give me yeah, credit for that? For sure. So, so you develop, did you develop your, like you had this interest grow and you, you've written this, this first piece. And then did you seek out other, you know, ways of, of, of growing as a writer? Did you, did you, did that lead you to read books about it or did you go to writing conferences or was it just sort of through just the natural work of I'm interested in this? It's a little bit of a, you know, of a hobby that that's, that's spiritually satisfying and keep working at it and, and you, you find better ways to express yourself. How is that pro what's that process of growth for you? Well, I think, uh, my children played a, a big role in that and, uh, I've always been a storyteller. So mm-hmm. my, um, my kids, dad, tell us a story, tell us a story. And I would tell them a story and they would say, tell us another one. And I would say, okay, what do you want the story to be about? And they would say, uh, fireworks, uh, you know, at, yeah. it's, and, and a pig. And uh-huh, yeah. Like, okay, I'll put together a story of fireworks and a pig. So I had a lot of practice telling stories. Mm. And of course, then um, uh, I had the problem that most dads have, and that is, um, h- how do I teach my kids about Jesus? How do I do yeah. that? And here I was a pastor. And I realized, okay, I need to be doing this. I don't know how. Mm. And there was the big fat NIV study Bible sitting on the end table laughing at me. Like, (laughs) you think you're going (laughs) to conquer me? You don't even know where to begin. (laughs) And so essentially I practiced uh, what I would develop later as long story short and old story new Mm. on my kids. Yeah, and so I thought, okay, I don't know what to teach, but here's what here's what I want. I want to make sure that whatever I teach from the Bible, my kids are getting the gospel. Mm. And I I had uh, 
there's a uh, author, S.G. DeGraff, I believe is his name. He wrote a five or six book series called Promise and Deliverance. Mm, it's, I haven't heard of that. It's basically a biblical theology for uh, designed for child workers. It's it's kind of like a the first book that I ever read that outlined biblical theology. And I was like, oh my goodness, the whole Bible is about Jesus. Like I yeah. totally get that. I mean, yeah, it, that's an amazing it, moment. There's kind of I mean, like a, a second conversion that many people experience when they come to understand the scriptures are all about Christ. It's such a, a, an amazing feeling. You know, when the, the men were on the road to Emmaus. Yes. Uh, and, and Jesus opens up the scriptures to them to show them how all of the scriptures point to him. Yes. Now, at that time, they don't know Jesus. Yeah, yeah they, don't, they don't recognize him. It's not until later right. when he breaks bread that they realize it's Jesus, and then he disappears. Right. And they say, did our hearts not burn when we walked along right. the road? So, so what caused their hearts to burn? It wasn't Jesus knowing it was Jesus walking with mm. them. It was Jesus opening up the biblical theology of scripture to them. Right. And that's what happened to me. As the uh, as I began to understand Christ as the subject of all of scripture, my heart began to burn. And I just said, I, I got to teach my kids this. Mm. And then I said, I, I want my parents in my church to be able to teach this to their kids. And when I surveyed how many people are doing family devotions, uh, it was kind of like around in the 30s, like 30%. Mm. And by the time I finished Long Story Short, Old Story New, and gave that material to the parents, it went from 30% up to like 65, mm. 70% yeah. of our families were doing regular family devotions. And, and, and that was kind of my goal. So teaching my own kids, I, I, I experimented with um, the devotions and I just began writing them down. And I started in Genesis mm. and I worked my whole way through ultimately to Revelation. And of course, long story short is the Old Testament, old story new is the New Testament split into two volumes. So that's kind of how it got started. Yeah. What you were saying about the road to Emmaus is such a such an amazing picture um, be, just because of the way it's it's it so parallels so many of our experience. I mean, that's, that's what you're describing, a kind of moment where we realize that the Word of God just, you know, it seems like we're stating the obvious, but that the Word of God is the revelation of Jesus and He is, he is being right. brought to us. And just that scene, uh, we can put ourselves in that place. You know, we're walking through life. I obviously, as a Christian, have a Bible, but yeah, and, and he's he's in such bright color right before me, and somehow I'm just not seeing it. I mean, that, that's what most of my Christian life has been in a lot of different ways. When I, I've I've always been a little slow to pick up on on what's true, and I've I've so often needed and benefited from someone else just kind of waking me up, waking me up mm. to. God's happiness, waking me up to this beautiful distinction between the law and the gospel and what the gospel really says to me and about me. And there've been so many of those moments. And I think that's, that, that, that's really expressing what your work 
has 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 the value of your work has been and continues to be so much of that kind of experience of coming into the truth more fully and and, and with clearer vision and understanding and to say that that's happening not just for adults that are digging into their bibles but for children to be able to have more of that earlier it's just it's amazing it's invaluable it's so it's so very important you were saying earlier that your kids have played such a role in your ongoing ministry of writing and in other words that your parenting journey has really influenced your writing. I, I'm I'm curious. Tell me about how how your writing has then had a a backward effect on your parenting journey as you as you've worked through uh, so much uh, material and and produced so many resources. I know they have an enormous impact on you, uh, but tell me more about what that's been like for you as you have grown through your work and how that has changed, how that has changed your, your parenting uh, as you've, you've made your way along and, and wrestled with so many of these truths and the, the, the difficult work of making, uh, making sense of scripture and the gospel. How's that changed you? Uh, well, I would say any good pastor, any good writer who is, sharing from the scripture should be transformed by the scripture that he is sharing. Mm. And uh, I grew up, I'm not really like an emotional guy. Mm -hmm. I'm more like, Mm -hmm. you know, type A kind of personality. Mm -hmm. I was an officer in the army. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of regimented. Yeah. And uh, if you put those together, it's kind of like a Javert personality. The you represent the law. Yeah, and, yeah. I see. And I think I went into parenting uh, with a law mentality. I did. Too. I'm going to. I'm going to ensure that my children are obedient. I'm going to sacrifice my life to provide for what they need, so that they have. Uh, you know, a good upbringing, but then I'm going to hold them to a godly standard. But through my writing, I became a student of grace. And um, rather than seeing the law as the end, um, as, uh, as Paul says, the law is our tutor toward Christ. It the law shows us where we've fallen short in order for us to see our need for the gospel. And I think when I started parenting, I I was thinking the law shows my children where they've fallen short so that so that they get on the straight and narrow. But what I learned as I studied grace is that no, the the law shows us our failure so that we see our need for Christ. And and that needs to first be evident in my life. And and so the Lord was kind, you know, he he didn't allow me to succeed in producing uh, obedient children by imposing the law. I had 
you know, my daughter, I, I, we started out with twins, Emma and Nathan. Mm. Emma was like the epitome of the perfect Christian child, you know, uh, compliant, obedient, cheerful, you know, uh, coming when you call the whole nine yards. My son, on the other hand, was uh, just the opposite. And I'm crying out to God, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm. And uh, I felt like the Lord say, I don't want you parenting standing up. I want mm. you parenting kneeling down. And, wow. and, you know, I thought parenting was this train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. But in fact, God said, well, yeah, that is, that is parenting. But there's right. also this part to parenting, which is not a Bible verse, but could be train up a parent in the way that he should go through right. his parenting. And, uh, you know, when he is older, you know, he won't depart from the humility you build in his yeah. life. So that was kind of the thing that, that God did to me, humbled me. He showed me grace. And, and then the other thing is, as I would write, something interesting happened. I would read to my family, sometimes my kids, what I was writing, because I was writing for families to go through things with their kids, get their perspective. But I'm reading what I wrote, and I begin to cry. Mm. And they're seeing dad mm. being affected in his heart mm. by the truth that he's studying. You know, uh, prior to me reading what I had written, what I'd studied, what I had understood from the Bible, I, I don't know that I ever cried before my kids. Wow. I don't know that I ever cried before my wife. Yeah. And I can remember my wife saying, what has gotten into you? What like, is you, going on? You were yeah. crying. You, <laughs> like you were reading that and you were just crying. You were making me cry. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it was that I was being affected by my study. Yeah. I was being blessed by God's grace. And so mm. um, that, that's what took place in my life through the study that has, um, through my study journey for writing. Yeah. Yeah, that's so amazing. It's so amazing to hear the way that, that you know, that God continues to uh, patiently work in us in such bright gospel-centered kind of ways. What you're describing is really pretty similar to uh, my path so far. You know, I kind of came as a as a dad of five and similar kind of mindset much more uh, kind of law oriented and is that right uh, so more, you too yeah i think it's probably pretty common you know a little more a little more rigid uh and then you know again I, you know i had some i had some incredible help from other believers to just help me better understand the gospel and to see it in such such brighter good news i knew that the gospel meant good news but i you know the gospel that i described probably didn't sound a lot like good news mm. uh, and then um once i started to understand grace more and i'm still on the way like i'm you are like we all are uh it really did change it has changed and continues to change some things and i you know i go back to to the, to some old old ways i'm i'm still trying to 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 renew but um but yeah everything that you're saying really really resonates with me and and i i appreciate it so much i wish i could have known more of it earlier and i'd like to know much more of it in the future so you talked about the way that you've you've grown 
in in your in your appreciation of grace and the way it's it's impacted your soul and the way that you have you're engaging with with the Lord in the story that you just told what was your uh, what was your conversion like how did you come to faith in Christ you you said you you grew up catholic what was mm-hmm. that upbringing like with your family in your home in in your church experience or you know how did you hear the gospel how did you come to know Jesus well um when i say i'm catholic I grew up Catholic. I was ultra Catholic. So mm. we did not miss a Sunday. Mm. We we uh, went to church every Sunday. Uh, the only time I ever missed church when I was genuinely sick. Yeah. Um, because, you know, to miss a Sunday was a mortal sin. You don't confess your mortal sin, you go to hell. Yeah. And so for me, I was like deathly afraid. I, I've got to go to church. Yeah. Um, and my dad was a God-fearing man who prayed. My grandparents all prayed. When I would go to my grandparents' home on Sunday um, after church for a family dinner, we would often come in and they would be praying. Um, my aunt who lived with my grandparents mm-hmm. and my grandparents. So I grew up with a God-fearing understanding, always believed in God. Um, but of course, there was a there was something missing, and in between my junior and senior year of college, I um, had an internship uh, at Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland. I was working as a designer there. My major was industrial design. Got a summer job internship, and had a third floor apartment. Only got one TV station because I had no cable, huh. and I had a little black and white TV with a broken antenna. And so I could only pick up, I think it was like channel six. Yeah. And every morning I would eat my cornflakes and watch the news. Mm-hmm. And one morning it was no longer the news. The program uh, programming had changed and it was a, an evangelistic crusade. Really? And because I was so in tuned with watching TV, you know, how it's like if you turn the TV on, you push the clicker. And, you know, if you the don't clicker. have some, you know, some grand purpose, uh-huh. uh, you just watch whatever's put in front of you. Yeah. Well, so there I was eating my cornflakes, watching a, a preacher. And he gave me um, really three words that I didn't understand. I knew that Jesus died on the cross. That uh-huh. was evident to me. I mean, we had crucifixes everywhere yeah. in our home, in our church, like Jesus died on the cross. I got right, that. Right. Um, for your sins. Hmm. I, I didn't know why Jesus died. Uh, he died as an altruistic expression hmm. of service. Um, you know, uh, not holding uh, the crimes against the people who committed them. Um, He forgave. He was a forgiving man. I had a moralistic Jesus. And I didn't understand that he died for my sins. Mm. But in that moment, I don't know if it was the first day watching that crusade or the second or third day, but certainly by the end of Friday. Wow. Having prayed the prayer every single time, Along, you know, uh-huh. you keep, yeah. you know, the, the finger pointing towards the television audience and you pray too, as folks are coming down, repeat after me. But in that week, God saved me. And we'll be right back. 
I want you to know about two books from Marty Machowski that have impacted my family and countless others. Old Story New and Long Story Short contain 10-minute devotions to draw your family to God. They're both suited for children from preschool through high school, and the consistent and short structure helps children walk through the life-changing truths of the Christian faith in both the Old Testament and the New Testament without overwhelming them. These creative devotional programs help us as parents to shepherd our children to see the redemptive history with the central theme of Jesus illuminated clearly in every story. I want to encourage you to learn more about Old Story New and Long Story Short at NewGrowthPress.com and see how these resources in particular could help draw your family to God day by day. And now back to the show. If you were advising parents on here's how you can find solid resources and and evaluate them for yourself because the writing of books is endless. There are so many books that you could use, but we want to be after those that are most helpful to us. What what is your litmus for recognizing this is a this is solid helpful Christian resource for my parenting or for my children? You know, one of the things that has affected me in recent years has been how hard it is for our kids to grow up in this uh, yeah. time mm. um, and the confusion that's being um, handed to them, you know, at school yeah. and the youngest kids. And I was affected by that, which is the reason why I wrote the book, um, God Made Boys and Girls. Mm. My preeminent standard, the one that I place over my head for everything I write mm. is that it would be a gospel rich or gospel centered or gospel focused resource. The life saving, life transforming good news will be somewhere contained. Mm. I mean, that that's not necessarily true for books that are going to entertain you. So I read the Chronicles of Narnia uh, to my kids, and um, the the gospel there is is present, but maybe in an allegorical form. Right. Yeah, veiled in uh, story form. Veiled in story form. So you know, so I would I would think that's wonderful. But then the Lord of the Rings, the whole idea of the gospel is 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 not actually. Um, explicitly present, like maybe in the Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. the sacrifice of Aslan sure. on the stone table is uh, easy to pick up. That, sure. That's the line of the tribe of Judah right there. Um, but, uh, you know, so I think in, you're talking about fictional works. Um, I would support, you know, um, like Andrew Peterson's Wing Feather Saga. Like that's a great thing to read to your kids. But if you're talking about how do I find resources, what's what needs to be there for me in terms of discipleship works? Yeah. Then I would say you need you need the gospel and and look for authors that are committed to the gospel. So when I think of authors that are committed to the gospel who are writing things for kids. I think of Champ Thornton. I think of Kevin DeYoung. Uh, those men, uh, Jared Kennedy, they're, they're committed to, I, I'm not concerned 
if, if Kevin DeYoung puts out a new resource, um, I don't have to wonder, is it going to be uh, acceptable for my family? He's proven to me that his standard is my standard. And, and that's, what, that's what I've tried to do with what I've written is to ensure that everything I write, I tell parents, if you buy a book written by Marty Machowski, let me promise you one thing. You will find the gospel there. Mm, amen. It's been a fascinating time talking with Marty Machowski today, and you heard him refer to a book he wrote called God Made Boys and Girls. I want to tell you a little bit more about that. God Made Boys and Girls is a book that helps children understand that their gender is a gift from God who made them and loves them. The story begins as the girls and boys at Grace Christian School are discussing if boys will always be boys and girls will always be girls. Their teacher explains that God gives each of us the gift of being male or female before we are born, and that you continue to be a boy or girl whether you like to climb trees or play house, play tag or color pictures, cause a ruckus or sit quietly. And in a world where there is so much confusion about gender and identity, we have a resource from Marty Machowski, pastor and best-selling author, that shares the simple, clear truth that all of us are made in God's image and what God made is very good. Let me encourage you to visit newgrowthpress.com and learn more about the book, God Made Boys and Girls. Thank you for joining us for this fascinating discussion with Marty Machowski on Straight to the Heart, a podcast from New Growth Press.